Sorry, we should have practiced. We should have had a, a practice. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is that, can everybody hear me? Because I've got a microphone. Good morning. I don't know how I'm going to follow that worship. The Holy Ghost revival hour we just had. Oh, I'm so good. Um, if you, if, um, If you would like to give, we didn't do the offering yet. There's offering in the back. And then if you are watching us online and would like to give your offering and tithe, that would be awesome. And you can go to the website. It is www.gadstonvineyard.org. And there's a link there. And you click it. And you do the thing that you do that you know how to do. I know you know how to do it because you've all bought stuff from Amazon.com. Figure it out. <laughs> oh, let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for today. And will you help us to hear your truth? In your name, Jesus, amen. Wait. <laughs> and Lord, thank you for all the ways that you have been with Matt and Miss Phyllis this week. And we ask that you continue to be with them. Will you please continue to show off? In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Okay, so the lectionary has us uh, in the Gospel of Matthew uh, pretty much for the rest of the year. Uh, what a treat. <laughs> uh, Matthew's so good. You know, it's like my third favorite gospel. <laughs> Thanks for the one chuckle. That's good. <laughs> um, and last time that I preached was, um, was about three Sundays ago, and um, it was from Matthew 11. Do you guys remember? It was really hard. <laughs> it was a toughie. Um, it was Jesus speaking as prophet to the crowd and to the Pharisees, and he was scolding their generation, right? It was really hard. Um, but this week and next week, we're going to be in Matthew 13, and um, I'll do the first half this week and the second half next week, and um, I promise you it will not be as hard uh, for you. <laughs> for you guys, it's going to be a cakewalk, so enjoy. Um, for me, this is like one of those nightmares that you have about showing up to school late for a test uh, that you should have taken 20 years ago, maybe? <laughs> right? And you don't know where the class is because you've never attended it. And um, I don't know why the school is all of a sudden made out of fire and <laughs> overflowing toilets. <laughs> and uh, all that to say that Matthew 13 is all parables. This chapter is Jesus just rapid-firing seven parables in a row to his disciples, and some to a crowd, like from a boat, like a rock star. 
He's on a boat. He's on his parable palooza tour, right? Thank you, Sea of Galilee. Good night. Um, and I have been very honest with you guys over the years about how I am lousy at parables. And this is still true. <laughs> it's still true. But, I mean, you know, like I have read some things, you know. I do try to get better at these. Um, and I did get some really good advice a couple of years ago from a friend. We were talking, and I don't know how it came up that parables um, are my kryptonite. But anyway, she seemed pretty shocked by that, you know. And um, she gave me some book titles to read. And, uh, and she said, but for now, here's a good thing to do. She said, when you are stuck in a parable... Stop making it about you. You know, that's just like good advice for almost everything. <laughs> Stop making everything about you. Um, <laughs> but she said, um, don't insert yourself into the parable. Just be the listener. Just be the reader. And that is some of the best advice I've gotten. Um, thank you, Danelle Knox pastor of the Vineyard Church of Brenham, Texas, right? <laughs> Shout out to Danielle. Um, so if you are like me and you struggle with parables, like please also take this advice, right? Take yourself out of it. All right, Matthew 13, Parable Palooza. Let's get some context. Let's go back and refresh. Um, Matthew um, the first three chapters were introduced to Jesus. And then in the fourth chapter, um, Jesus is tempted, and he calls his first disciples. And then chapters 5 through 7, we have the Sermon on the Mount. And 8 through 10, Jesus and his disciples, they go out and do miracles and teach. And, you know, he sends them out without him, and they come back. And then chapter 11, that was the hard one. <laughs> it was so hard. Um, and Jesus, as prophet, scolds and corrects a generation, right? And he offers a better way. Remember, at the end, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden light. And this scolding and the offer of a better way, it really sets off the Pharisees and the other religious leaders. And in chapter 12, they, um, they decide to test Jesus some more. And they do not like his responses. And 12.14, Matthew writes, The Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. And um, as he's teaching a crowd, the Pharisees and the law experts ask him to perform a miraculous sign so gutsy. And once again, he scolds them, like in front of the whole crowd, you know? He's like, you wicked and perverse generation. Like, he is not trying to score points with them at all. And uh, so now we're to chapter 13. And I'm going to read it, and it's a bit long, so just enjoy. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. 
and some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This seed is sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among thorns is the man who hears the word, but worries of this life. And the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And then Jesus tells them two more parables. But I'm going to save those for next week, okay? I'm going to skip ahead to verse 36 where he explains the parable of the weeds. Then Jesus left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, 
Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And he answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. And there's your light, John. <laughs> yeah. He who has ears, let him hear. Like, that's a great ender. I'm going to start using that at work when I have to explain, like, for the third time how to print a document, you know? <laughs> Again, I say to you, if you want your document printed in color, you must select the printer marked color. Otherwise, it will default to black and white. He who has ears, let him hear. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about parables. <laughs> Do we need to define a parable, or can we skip that part? Um, what is the definition of a parable that we all grew up with? Yes, I heard them say it. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And is anyone else ready to take that definition out behind the barn? Look, I admit it, it's cute. It's a cute definition, it's easy to remember, but it is about as vague as a parable. And this definition has never helped me, and if it has helped you, and you are a pro at parables, then I am really glad, I really am. Um, and I, honestly, I can buy that definition uh, if we're talking about regular parables, if we're talking about Old Testament parables. Uh, Paul telling a parable, like, fine, it's fine. But, um, but when it comes to Jesus' parables, it's just not enough, you know? It's not enough to say, oh, they're just stories about earth that point to spiritual things. It oversimplifies what he is doing. And, um, but thankfully, I've been reading an N.T. Wright book, and one of the chapters, um, he talks about Jesus' parables, and I was so excited to run across it. Um, and uh, he says, and he's a trusted source, let's just put that out there, um, very solid theology. Um, he says that Jesus' parables are not simple stories used to make a complicated teaching easier to understand. They aren't sermon illustrations. What a relief. Uh, Wright says that they're stories designed to conceal and reveal the message of God's kingdom. And he says, the parables, in fact, are told as kingdom explanations for Jesus' kingdom actions. And they are saying, don't be surprised 
But this is what it looks like when God's in charge. And I really love that. This is what it looks like when God's in charge. So the parables are an indirect way that Jesus communicates heaven, God's kingdom, appearing on earth. And we know that Jesus can teach and preach in a direct way, right? That's the Sermon on the Mount. Um, he's, it's not easy to hear, you know, but, um, but it is direct. He's saying, don't do this, do it like this. Um, but now in this crowd, after all this time of following Jesus and hearing him preach about the kingdom of God and witnessing his power, like now the disciples who have given up their lives to follow him, let's consider that, um, now they hear these parables and they're kind of shook. They're confused. They're so used to Jesus' direct teaching and so used to people being impressed about his directness, right? In chapter 7, in verse 28, Matthew writes, uh, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Like, this is what the disciples are used to. It's what they've come to expect. And all of a sudden, Jesus is telling stories about a careless farmer throwing seeds all over on paths and on rocks. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Farmers know better. So I love that the disciples go to him and they ask him, like, what are you doing? Do you need a Snickers bar? <laughs> in verse 10, they ask, why do you speak to the people in parables? And Jesus tells them, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. And why aren't they given the secrets of the kingdom of heaven? Because their hearts are hard. And again, Jesus is speaking as prophet, and he quotes Isaiah the prophet. For the people's heart has become calloused, and they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Jesus reveals to his disciples that they have been given the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom. And for those who have, they will have plenty. And for those who choose to close their ears and eyes and harden their heart to God and to his kingdom, they will have nothing. And then he goes on to explain the parable of the sower. And it's about people hearing the message of the kingdom and the four possible outcomes, right? He says, like, number one, if it doesn't take, it's because Satan has wrecked it immediately. And two, if it lands in shallow ground, um, it seems good until something bad comes along and, um, and they bail. And um, let's see, part three, it can't land on the person because the person is too distracted by earthly worries or wealth, or four, it lands real good. And the person accepts it all, which leads to more fruit, not just, um, not just the one, but he says 100 or 60 or 30, right? It's a total win. And I love that Jesus does not ask, now which soil are you? 
And I love that the disciples do not fret or wonder which soil they are. I think we need to get better at not being distracted by the soil. I mean, should we check ourselves? Yes. Right? Make sure we haven't shut our ears and eyes and hardened our hearts. Like, yeah, do that daily. Check yourself every day. But then move on and quickly. And remember that we are also disciples of Jesus. And he says in verse 16, Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. So, yeah, check ourselves. Remember, we are blessed and then get to kingdom business. We are disciples, so go do disciple stuff. Remember in chapter 10, Jesus sent them out on their own um, to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And then you see, it's only after they've been back a while does he reveal all of this to them. You know, that they have the knowledge of the mysteries of heaven and that their eyes and ears and hearts are blessed and that what they preached may or may not have done any good. And it's the same for us. When we talk about God and his kingdom, the four soils, the four possible outcomes are still true today. And also, the reality is, the four possible outcomes were the same when Jesus was the one preaching the kingdom. It's not about the speaker or the preacher. It's about the listener and how soft or hard their heart is. And if you're thinking, like, oh, well, Jesus couldn't convince everyone. Like, why should I even try? Like, well, you should definitely try because you're a disciple, and you should try so hard. (laughs) Do you know how hard? You should be scattering so much kingdom gospel seeds, like a careless farmer, throwing them all over in hopes of finding one out of four possible outcomes. Mm -hmm. He who has ears, let him hear. Hi, my name is Jamie, and I'm preaching to myself today. <laughs> and, uh, and then Jesus tells them another parable about farming, and I will keep this one very short, because uh, it kind of goes with this first one, right? Uh, but this time, the wheat is growing really well. Um, it's just that the enemy has put weeds in with it, and you can't tell the difference um, until they grow. They look similar until they mature. So it takes time to see what is wheat and what is weeds. And even then, Jesus makes it clear that the judgment between the two is up to the Son of Man, not us. So there's a theme here of waiting and of separating. And again, the disciples don't seem to be too concerned if they are wheat or if they are weeds. Right? Because there, our ears and eyes and hearts are blessed. And they, we, know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And they, we, know the Son of Man will come and judge. We don't do the separating. We don't do the judging. 
This is what it looks like when God is in charge. Now, I feel like I got off pretty easy this week because these two parables Jesus actually explains, right? I didn't have to explain any of that. He tells us. And it's not so easy with the other five. But uh, we will take them in context of Matthew's gospel, just like we did these two. And, um, and we will keep in mind that there are kingdom explanations for Jesus' kingdom actions. And that this is what it looks like when God's in charge. So our job this week is to go out and scatter as much kingdom gospel seed as hard as we can. Uh, the results of which are not up to us. Because salvation comes from the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's pray. Holy, almighty, unshakable one. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us the secrets of your kingdom. We want to steward them well. And we trust your abundance. You have blessed our eyes and ears and hearts. Thank you. And Holy Spirit, we need your help. Will you help us keep our eyes and ears open? And will you keep our hearts soft? And will you make us brave enough to do the kingdom work? Thank you. And Jesus, we love you. And we love your ways. Thank you for your sacrifice so that we may be judged forgiven. And thank you for your stories, your parables, your kingdom explanations for your kingdom actions. Will you keep opening them up for us. We want the revelation that you have. We love you, God, and we trust you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys have a good week.